You are listening to Layman's Terms, and I'm your host, Derek Layman Coleman. I'm going by Derek Layman these days, uh, taking the Coleman out, giving myself a real Colemanectomy. That's essentially about my online identity and uh, daddy issues. Got issues with my father as I uh, kind of hold him a little bit accountable for my genes, and specifically like alcoholism and whatnot. Anyhow, uh, it's a catch-up show. I do have a little bit of notes prepared, and I've been thinking a lot about this show recently and about how I want to improve it. Um, I was listening to some old episodes, and it's just so boring and hard to listen to myself. So I did prepare a little bit of notes for the week. We'll go through and have some plenty of stuff to talk about. Also have some, also have some stuff to... Um, touch back on that I forgot to talk about in previous episodes, and then at the end we'll wrap. I got some plugs that we're doing here in Lubbock and some personal stuff. So we're going to start with Monday, October 4th. Um, early in that day, I shared some porno memes on Facebook. It was kind of a cheap attempt to uh, get people to pay attention to me, because I was feeling lonely, I suppose. But... Um, as a result of those memes, it made me think, because uh, both of them were kind of somehow associated with smiles and smiling. So I did a little bit of research on smiling, and now I have this new bit I'm working on that's about smiling. And the seed of the joke is that smiling, because it can be so, like, uh, I say psychoactive, you know, because neuropeptides and then your various neurotransmitters that um, kind of cascade as a result of smiling. Uh, I say that people should smile more often. But if you're like me, you hate yourself, and you probably hate your smile, so it's a little bit unfortunate, but basically I'm just, I touch that, and then I touch the fact that, like, if, you know, mirror neurons are a thing as well. So if you smile at someone, or someone smiles at you, um, it's kind of like you guys are, like, sharing drugs together in a very positive way. It's a very good way. You know, and that's why I like about the idea of the joke is that there is a positive message, you know. And I don't want, I, like I said, I, don't, I really don't want to be kind of like a message guy. But uh, if, I, if I'm going to be something, I don't, I'd rather do that than just talk about myself, which I feel like is a lot of what open micers do when they begin. And I am doing that. But um, I'm also trying really hard to grow as hard and fast as possible. And I think that I am. And I think that I feel that way, especially when I listen to just recent episodes or even just like recent uh, open mics I record. And I can't, I can't like them. I'm like, ah, oh, it's not good. This is terrible. I need to grow so much more, so much faster. And so that's what we're in the process of doing. Um, we do have this show, and it's really because it's one of the easiest things I can do to be creative and productive, but also as an incentive to our lo- local Lubbock comedy community for, to encourage them to do it as well, because there are a lot of people here who I think should be doing podcasts, and I would like not only to have like a, you know, a vibrant open mic and comedy community, but I think we should all be podcasters too. I feel, I feel like when you're in entertainment... It's like, do what you can. And this is one thing anyone can do. Anchor. That's the that's the way I set it up. I actually went through SoundCloud first, and it gave me trouble. Anchor was the easiest way to do it. So I could just like record this in the DAW, upload it, 
attach a new image or something. I have an image in my iPad that I'm going to use for this. So I'll have to search for that later. Okay, so we did the porno memes and smiles. The podcast went out late last week because I was, um, I don't know. Personal things in my life had been bumming me out with regards to love life and stuff. And then also just kind of feeling uh, uninspired and unmotivated. But, uh, like I said, yeah, John David hit me up, and that was actually kind of a big motivator to actually finish that episode. I record that episode late, and then after recording the episode, I went to meet up with, uh, Martin. Martin is his last name, because his first name is Justin. Justin Martin and his girl Ashley, they were moving. I'd previously helped them move some furniture with my truck, but they still, like, had a bed and some stuff to move. So I went over there and helped them load, move, checked out their new place. It's pretty tight. Happy for, happy for them. Hopefully we'll be doing some um, Dungeons and Dragons over there. I really like the character that they helped me create. Uh, Jacob Carazales helped me with the character creation. But I kind of like filled in the holes with some of my pre-existing interest in, in demonology and witchcraft. So it really kind of became like a personal thing to me. Like I really own the character. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I love storytelling games. And I love, you know, sitting around and just hanging out with people. You know, and uh, doing storytelling storytelling games like Dungeons & Dragons is one way to do it. I grew up playing Vampire the Masquerade. I've actually kind of touched on this recently in my set. But uh, Vampire the Masquerade is a storytelling game of personal horror with like a gothic punk aesthetic, which I feel like is really kind of me nowadays. I really do kind of identify with like a gothic punk aesthetic. I can I can feel that. Okay, after I helped them move, we got home, slept, work is normal. I'm just working like ten hour days essentially. I'm cutting it back now because I'm tired of waking up at 5:45. That's too early for me now. It was nice at first, but my resolve is dwindled, and and I feel it's going to hurt me because I've already was checking my my money, and it's like ah fuck, I need to work some more to make more money because I'm wanting to do things like I I have more ideas for tattoos, I have new ideas for tattoos, and those cost money. I also am going to want to reach out to artists, various artists. I have two in mind at least maybe three, to help me do artwork for the podcast and artwork for the band and stuff like that. So that stuff's going to cost money because I want to make sure I pay my artists appropriately and not try to fucking cheapskate shit out on this, you know? Do the right thing. Okay, Tuesday, on the notes it says CoStar, and I guess that's because Tuesday I shared the application. It's an iPhone app for, like, astrology and stuff. And, like, you know, you guys might have, like, your... Uh, what's the word? Like you don't like astrology because it's stupid and dumb. That's how I was growing up. And but my sister got into it actually after uh, an ex girlfriend of mine actually got my sister into it. And uh, but yeah, my uh, anyhow, I was trying to just get people to connect with me on CoStar so that we can compare our charts. And it's just a fun little like a mind thing to consider, just stuff to uh, play with in the brain, and and it's fun. And it's a different way to interact with your friends. And that's why I was really trying to get people. I got Cheryl Pittman to connect with me there. And even though, like, her chart is so much different than my ex-girlfriend Laura's, there were so many similarities between the two of us, between Cheryl and I. And I thought it was remarkable. Um, 
It's weird. Cheryl's kind of gone away now, and I feel like almost even a little bit closer. I miss her. Anyhow, she's great. I hope she's doing well. Today's her birthday. Holy shit. Watch out, girl. <laughs> um, okay. So, co-star. So, if you guys have an iPhone, because it's not available on Androids yet, get it. And then connect me. Uh, so, we can, like, compare charts. I'm Cole Minect Me. That's where I am on Twitter. That's where I am on... Uh, not Facebook, but Instagram and Reddit and stuff like that. Culminectomy. It's a, you know, just a joke about taking my dad out of me. You know, because I feel like a lot of the poor qualities of me as a person kind of hold my father's genetics uh, responsible for them. That's a very cheap way. Was that the hiccup? That was a hiccup. Okay. Whatever. We'll just fight through it. It's a really cheap way to kind of discount my own accountability. And so I have to be aware of that. But if you look at my timeline, my father's timelines, his father's timelines, it's like, oh, man, it really is kind of like a family thing, like this whole alcoholism. Anyhow, uh, Tuesday was Eddie Pepitone's birthday. He's the Bitter Buddha. And uh, it was actually after, because I watched the Bitter Buddha special when it came out, what, 2015? But after hearing USD... Luisa Dietz and uh, Flores talk about it on Why You Mad and talk about Pepitone and how he was almost kind of like foreseeing the whole Trump administration taking control and stuff like that. I don't know. I rewatched it and I didn't see what they saw, but it did make me appreciate Pepitone in a way that I don't think I had previously. So I, I, I think, I, yeah, I watched his special on his birthday. That was Tuesday. Tuesday in the mail. Oh my God, guys. So. You know, I'm like playing around with tarot cards or whatever. I fucking hate the things that I discover and like start getting into. And I find them, I feel like almost like independently. But it seems like they're like part of a zeitgeist and it's trendy. Like everyone's playing with tarot cards these days. Anyhow, I, um, I got this new deck because I'm following this indie deck reviews account on uh, Instagram. And uh, there's this deck that really spoke to me with the artwork. It's really dark, kind of nihilistic, and and uh, minimalist and funny too. It's called the Chaotic Neutral deck, and uh, it came in the mail. I absolutely love it, and I actually took it with me. Did I take it with me to get my tattoo? I don't think so. I wanted to. I wanted to. I just I just ended up telling my artist about her. Her name's Christy. She did my Foxy Baphomet tattoo on my hand, on my wrist, and on my forearm, wrist, forearm kind of area. And man, it it came out great. I was really happy with her. Um, what's the word where she has to do? She didn't do like a straight up copy of the Born Again Satanist thing. She like because she took the Born Again Satanist. But then she did her own mock-up of Foxy's face. And I, I gave her pictures from the day Foxy and I met when I fostered her from the shelter. So where she's like looking her most mangy and most scruffy. And uh, she really did such an amazing job. I couldn't be happier. Getting the tattoo, we talk so much. Christy is such an interesting person. A little distant and a little guarded. But I mean... You know, girls can be like that. All people can be like that, so. But I, I still definitely... She was so cool. She actually came out to... Because I told her I was, you know, 
a new open mic or whatever. And she came out to Art Bar to catch the show. Guys, <laughs> I showed up at Art Bar kind of late because the tattoo was taking some time. And, dude, I've got, like, all these uh, pastel colors in the tattoo. And it's actually my first tattoo that has, like, color in it. So I'm really happy about that. When I get to Art Bar, i never seen the bar so packed. To the point where I was intimidated. I was like, oh, wait, this is too many people for me to play in front of. I cannot do this. I'm like, sure, the line, the list... It's probably all filled up. There's probably no room for me. And as soon as I walk in, Covington's there. And she's like, oh, dude, you got to sign up. So I'm like, okay, all right, I guess I will. Now go over. I go over to try to find the list. I eventually find the list. JJ is not as much help. He's a little bit of help, but I don't know. He's, he's a little rough around the edges, I think. But um, I sign up like fucking dead last. Or so I thought Feldman came in after me, and he ended up going on after me. But, um... There's a performer by the name of Andre Ricks who claims to be from Lubbock. He's actually from here, but he's been touring as a comic. There's a YouTube thing I shared of him doing a set in London. And then after his set here in Lubbock on Wednesday, he actually, Thursday, he had a set over at the New Movement in Austin where Duncan Carson uh, is running a show. So, I don't know, I'm talking to Andre, I love him, and uh, he's wanting to come back and maybe film a set. So I'm like, dude, you should fucking do it at Badass. That'd be fucking badass. So once he figures out, like, what he wants to do as far as, like, timing, I want to talk to the guys on Badass and see if we can get it promoted appropriately and just do, like, a fucking great show for Andre Ricks because he fucking slaughtered that fucking room. It was like, oh, man, this isn't fair. <laughs> We're all open micers, and this guy is, like, fucking pro. Oh, shit. <laughs> I felt bad for Covington because she had to, like, follow him. I was like, I wouldn't want anyone to follow that guy. I, I mean... Unless I didn't like you, but I can't, I can't think of anybody I don't necessarily like, but, um, she went up and she still, she was still, she, I think, I think she's naturally funny and, uh, I think she did great. Anyhow, I can't remember everybody that went, what's the say on the notes? My art bar set. Oh, check this out. So as soon as I got there, Covington's like, uh, (laughs) she came up to me, you know, asked me about like, you know, signing up and stuff. And then, like, after I sign up, she comes over to me and, like, puts a piece of candy in my mouth. And I'm just like, uh, okay. And I start eating it. And she's like, my friend gave this to me. It's like edible marijuana. And my first thought is to an experience that I had at the Levitation Festival in Austin where I was, um, I was high on mushrooms and acid. Those things, very familiar with. I can handle myself in psychedelics all day long. Where I went wrong was my friend. She had brought all her friends from San Francisco, and so they had all this like chocolate marijuana shit. And I'm unfamiliar with edibles. That shit turned my paranoia up to a degree that I had not ever known. And kind of, I think, really impacted my relationship with that girl. And we do not talk anymore. Which is unfortunate because I thought she was really smart, funny, and pretty. Uh, some yoga teacher in San Francisco really cool girl um my art bar set so when I go up I'm reflecting back on it now I'm kind of wondering was the marijuana was the THC edible was that playing a factor in no I don't think so I think I was because my set was a bit visceral and I felt like maybe there's a tad more anger in the performance 
than normal, which to me felt good. It was like cathartic. I had, I felt great. It, it was like one of the best times feeling on stage because it felt like I was like really being myself, which you know I'm not for everybody. I understand that, but me self-actualizing is uh, is healthy for me psychologically. Um, I was also upset because, guys, to tell you the truth, I had fuck, I had a fucking crush on Covington. And I know she had just, like, broken up with Dylan. And I love Dylan to death, too. You know? He's fucking rad-ass, dude. Talks about fucking uh, all the fucking thrill-seeker shit he does, you know? So there's a little bit of conflict about how I felt about her and stuff. But she actually just reconnected with, like, an old flame. And I think I felt a little bitter about that. So it's a bit of the bitterness between that and the bitterness of the love life at home and whatever. At home. No, you know what I mean. Old girl, Laura, lives close and we've been together for what like since january 2016 it's been a tumultuous toxic kind of thing but it's gotten better since i'd gotten sober but yeah. anyhow that set went as it went and afterwards i sat there and talked to uh christy my tattoo artist for a while and i was very complimented by her comparison to bobcat goldthwaite and that was not the first time I've been compared to Bobcat Goldthwait. And, or, you know, because Jaden Dodson actually, first one of the first times I ever went up, he compared me to Bobcat Goldthwait and Gilbert Godfrey. And I was like, you know, I get that. Because the, the voice thing that I do initially came out as like a nervous response to the awkward situation of having to do an open mic. And now as I'm 28 mics in, now I'm starting to try to channel it and use it as a mechanism for comedy um, so that's an interesting exercise that I'm working with uh, nowadays Dotson likes to compare me to Animal from the Muppets which I can dig that too I wish I could be a drummer no dude for real I was actually just talking to Covington today cause uh, after the after okay so I talked to Mendoza cause he's about to go to fucking um, LA cause he's a drummer man I wish I could fucking get that guy to like play with me or something cause I've got my band and my drummer's okay but he's like kind of like non-committal or whatever and we're pretty flexible with exams and stuff and I, would, I really want to like get some more people to play with and stuff We'll talk some more about that later. But uh, he's playing in another band and they're recording an album. So he has to like fly out to L.A. and shit. And while he's in Hollywood, he says he's going to hit some open mics. And I think he's just done like maybe less than a dozen open mics so far. But he's already showing such great improvement. I was really proud and happy for him. And uh, should be exciting to hear about what happens when he gets back. Once he tells his house uh, fun went. Um, after I left Art Bar, I did go to Covington's house. And her and Trevor were there, and Trevor was going to go get some firewood. And when he went to go get firewood, Covington went and like started playing some of her songs. And I know her songs. I checked out all her YouTube stuff, you know. And so I knew some of it. And so while she was playing, I'm like trying to find the beat with that shit. And I was kind of doing it with my foot at first because I'm not a drummer, but I got a drum kit and I want to be a drummer. So like I was saying today, I was messaging her today. I was like, hey, if we ever have some free time, I should bring my drum kit over and try to learn drums to your stuff, you know what I mean? If I could try to do some Dresden Dolls type shit, that'd be tight, dog, what? We'll see. She's excited about it. I know she wants to write songs and stuff, and she can sing and play, and that's, that's, that'd be another fun little creative outlet to have. All right, so we're going to go on to Wednesday, October 6th. So, uh, on the 6th, I got all my junk jewelry in the mail. Um, 
a bunch of like stupid rings I got. Like I got a I got a satanic Baphomet ring. I got uh, this witch's goddess ring that's really pretty. And I got a bunch of like long different uh, adjustable. Like there's a there's a snake ring. There's a couple tentacle rings and uh, some other stuff. But yeah, I've got like nine rings now. So I do them all except for my wedding finger, which I have tattoos on my wedding finger because uh, I was drunk and I had a tattoo gun. That's how those are there. I was trying to do like something like a, I don't know, like the solar system. I wanted to put the solar system on my hand because I was trying to rip it off of Laura. Laura has cool tattoos on her hands. And I was like, I want to be like you. You're cool. <laughs> um, so I got my junk jewelry. And I guess all it says is I got that, and then we went to the Lantern. I go to the Lantern. Um, unfortunately, Covington wasn't there to do that. I expect to see her there. But uh, some of the guys were there. I think, um, who did I talk with first? I don't can't remember who I talked with first. What I do want to talk about is who I talked with last. I did record that set, and I was working on some of the same material. I was working Tuesday, but the anger wasn't as present as it was in Tuesday. So it didn't feel as electric, but I'm still kind of refining the material. And I think that's probably more important than me fucking on balls of the wall and kicking shit and doing wild shit, making a spectacle of myself. But after the set, um, I know I had some conversations with people, but the conversation I had with Aaron Durbin was the one I found the most intriguing. Aaron Durbin's a thrill seeker in himself. He likes to... um, go out independently solo stuff and drive out to interesting geological um what would you call them things like we talked about white sands this picture that he was sharing to promote i think it's the growler i'm not sure if that's what he's promoting with that picture but um yeah there's this picture of him and he's in he's in these white sands at first when i asked him i was like was that in sweden or whatever he's like no it's in white sands and i just recently heard about this place in new mexico but, um, he, uh, dude, so what he did, because he was by himself, he puts his phone in a styrofoam cup so it can, and he sets the timer. And that's how he ended up getting that picture. Dude, it looks straight up like when I first saw it, I was like, DC talk, um, Jesus is alright. That's what it reminded me of. I ended up having to rewatch that video. I was like, Jesus is alright. Dun, 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 dun. I know he's alright. Uh, uh, dun, dun. Yeah, uh, and then some of the other people were like making other boy band uh, comparisons. But yeah, it's a great picture. I was like, dude, that's fucking badass. That's like to me, I was like, dude, that's your album. I didn't tell him that because I'm just thinking it just now. But that'd be tight. Dude should do an album and have that. That right there is pretty pretty fucking badass. But he's also telling me about how he, how he did the uh, the Continental Divide from Mexico to Canada, the Western one. There's three of them. Because he talked about he's following one blogger who does this stuff and was doing the trifecta, doing to all three different of the uh, continental divides. And he told me about this road trip he did and just uh, going up there and kind of talking to people and stuff like that. And it just sounded super fascinating. I really want to do something with him like that, dude. That would be cool. Because uh, I told him I hadn't been to uh, Palo Duro. And he's like, well, dude, Palo Duro is a touristy place. That's where all, like, you know, fucking tourists go. You want a fucking real experience. You want to go to Caprock Canyons. And I'm like, fuck yeah. I told him, like, when I first moved to Lubbock, I felt like Lubbock missed the mark by not actually naming the city Caprock City. 
because I just think that's cooler to me because what I like rock and shit I like I like rock music and I like rocks in general I got new pet rock uh, Laura gave me one of her rocks because I, I liked it I was like oh this rock's so pretty what is it and she's like you can have it and I've been trying to identify what it is using the internet and uh, I think it's some type of uh, banded jasper that's what I suspect it to be to be but I'm um, not not absolutely for sure that with that I wanted to actually went to uh, tumbleweed botanicals by the way before I did say Christy works there she doesn't work there but she is in negotiations to doing some type of thing there where she's gonna start doing tarot readings there because she's a legit tarot person so like not me I'm like what wannabe tarot person I think but I I, I am impressed with my own ability because it's come to me in a way that I did not anticipate I just was doing this kind of like as a joke and then I'm kind of actually noticing that I have a bit of uh, intuitiveness. and uh, Or at least even some type of charlatan intuitiveness where I can kind of like convince people or make them convince themselves of certain things. I don't know. It's a fun thing. It's just whatever, jacking off and shit. What are we talking about? Oh, yeah. I went to Botanical to uh, see if they could help me identify what the type of rock it is. But they were actually closed. They don't open up until like 11. And I went there on my 10 to 11 break, and I got there before 11. I was like, I don't, I'm not going to wait for them to open up. So I just went back home. So I haven't yet identified that. Where are we at in the story here? Was that Tuesday? That might have been Tuesday. Or Wednesday. That's where we are. Okay, so now we're going to go to Thursday. It's running a little bit long this week. I don't care. Um... This podcast is going to run a little bit long because I have a lot I want to do through the week and there's some other things I want to address and I really just, uh, I'm, wanting, I'm wanting to make this a better show. If it happens to be longer, if you want to duck out, you can duck out, but we'll try to be quick with this, okay? So uh, Thursday says shit mirror. Uh, that's because I shared a, a meme about, about it's, it's a Nine Inch Nails song off the Bad Witch album that came out couple years ago or something Bobcat Goldthwait I ended up watching quite a bit of his videos that day just because I'd recently been compared to him so I was like huh I kind of want to like refresh my memory because I went I went through the the uh, rabbit hole of Bobcat before but it'd been some years since I've gone through that rabbit hole so I had to do it again and uh, now I actually have a I'm working on a, a legit Bobcat impression in fact, later on in this story, I'll tell you about a time where I used my Bobcat impression, and it it kind of freaks out the straights. But, you know, that's kind of what I do. I do have that kind of a ability to freak out the straights sometimes. Like I said, I'm not for everybody. Anyhow, um, after that, it says Ideal Husband, which is a Father John Misty song. And there's a lot of Father John Misty songs I was thinking about covering, but I ended up settling on that song just because so much of the, so much of the lyrics really kind of hit me like nail on the head and so I learned that song that night I cheated on my diet again been cheating so much on the diet I made me feel bad I actually wrote like these uh, this uh, tweet about it where I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way to make it a joke what we're doing is conflating um, cheating on diets with cheating on lovers you know and that's basically the germ of the joke right there. Trying to do that. Um, I also put on a movie called Parasite. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but it's this new type of a thriller, 
I suppose. I didn't finish it. It's foreign, and I was busy doing other things while the movie was on, probably just playing on the iPad, looking online and shit. And so I didn't watch the whole thing, but I intend to because it's supposed to be some interesting kind of social commentary on capitalism, which is of interest to me. So we're going to go to Friday. Friday, I get my fucking Spirit in the Room t-shirt in. Finally, uh, Dennis had actually, Dennis Sanders Jr., who's the singer and brainchild, brainchild? Well, he's the brains behind fucking Spirit in the Room. That's his project. I remember. I've been such a fan of Dennis. I remember back when he was calling his band uh, Birth Control. And he had this one song. I still remember it to this day. I bet you can't find it on MySpace anymore. But uh, I still remember the lyrics. It was something like... Something easier to do. I don't know. I can't remember it right now. Probably because I got a microphone in front of my face. But yeah, uh, I love Dennis so much. And uh, I got his shirt in the mail. He's got this new shirt where, like, a portion of the proceeds are going to some dog rescue center there in L.A. And uh, on the uh, shirt on the front, it says, dog hair, don't care. Then it's got some cool artwork on the back with, like, a car and a dog and shit. And I don't know. He's just, like, I don't know. Would I call him a role model? Yeah, dude. He's fucking... I wish I... I, I want to be like him. He's fucking badass as shit. First time I met him was in 2009. He was working the merch table for Blacklight Burns, which was West Borland's then new project where West Borland was singing and writing all the music. And it was so much cooler than Biscuit because it was like had this uh, Nine Inch Nails kind of vibe. And I was like super hell into Nine Inch Nails. So I was like, fuck yeah, Borland, what up? But uh, yeah, back then JR was working the merch table. When I saw those guys again and they came back to Austin, uh, JR was actually playing bass. And I was like, oh shit, they put the funny guy on bass that's great and uh at that show at that show i was real smart so i fucking ate a bunch of mushrooms this is kind of a sad thing so when i go in there to to meet the guys in the band and stuff before the show the drummer is super fucking sweet to me because i got this new drummer because apparently the old drummer was a dickhead or something and he was super sweet to me and then when i go to like meet west borland again i met west borland a few times but when i met him that time uh I think he could somehow tell that I was on shrooms. So, like, as soon as he saw me, maybe my eyes were just, like, big black holes, he just kind of rolled his eyes and really couldn't want anything to do with me. (laughs) It hurt my feelings. I was like, oh, no, I love you so much. (laughs) And uh, that's funny. I got him to sign all of his paintings for me. I have, like, 23 West Borland paintings that were signed in 2009. They decorate my walls. Um... But after the show, I talked to Dennis about, because I was wearing a Spirit in the Room t-shirt, which was Dennis's side project that he was starting. It had already already changed from birth control and it had become Spirit in the Room at that time. And I had their logo t-shirt on. Just like showing that's how hardcore of a fan I am. I'm like, I'm a fan of the new bass player side project. Like, I'm I'm, I'm in this shit. I'm deep. But uh, what I remember of that show is, number one, Dennis's shoes which if you look in the videos today he still wears those same shoes these white fucking like wingtip things I don't know if they're necessarily wingtip I've been thinking that they are but they're fucking dope looking and I was like dude those are like the most kick-ass kicks I've ever seen and then I kind of ran a joke by him and I wasn't doing comedy I just started doing comedy like this year but I always had this idea for a joke because when about when I was working at the hospital in Temple doing insurance and stuff a lot of the times i would come out 
of the um, of our offices, and I would look up at the clouds and consider all the um, similarities that w- I, ha- I share with clouds. You know, like you know, essentially we're all just water. So the joke is like, you know, I look up at the clouds and I'm like, hey man, we got so much in common. Like we should hang out or something. I told that to Dennis, and he said he liked the joke, and it made me feel good. So I got that shirt. Man, this is going to be a long episode. It's already running past, but Friday is a really special day. Jessa Reed is coming to Lubbock. When I found out Jessa Reed was coming to Lubbock, my eyes, like, fucking lit up. Like, I'm like, how the fuck does, how the fuck do comics in Lubbock know who the fuck Jessa Reed is? I had discovered her through Ramin Nazer's podcast. And uh, hearing her episode on his podcast, like, widened my mind up to her. I was like, oh, who is this interesting person? Oh, my gosh. And so I know she has a Mormon in the Meth Head podcast, but I haven't listened to that. I'm interested in the Soberish podcast. I've done a few episodes of that. And I've, and, uh, I've also done her Drew Pinsky thing that she did that was on the Your Mom's House Studios thing. And... Um, Super just hella interested in her. She's like pointing me out. Like I got, uh, there's another application for like um, astrology or that type of stuff called the pattern. And that is an application I learned about from her. She talked about that with Ramin on Rainbow Brain Skull. And um, so anyhow, somehow, I, I of all this I knew about her, I didn't know that she had a, um, what's that Ari Shafir, used to be Ari Shafir show. This is not happening. She has that this is not happening. So when I was talking to Miguel and stuff over at Bad Axe, this is way before the show is coming up. Uh, he's like, yeah, man, watch this video. I was like, what is this? She did this? I had no idea. And she tells her meth, meth piss story. I'm like, oh, wow. Interesting. Um, Miguel just took shot in the dark, asked her to come out and play. And so they booked it. And uh, man, so I when I found out she was coming, first thing I do is I go to her website and I check out what um, services she offers because I know she does readings. And I was looking at the services and I saw that she has like a $50 one for like 30 minutes and a $100 one for like an hour. I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to spend $100 on her and really learn. Like I wanted her to read me and I know that would have been benefit beneficial for me probably in Probably just in a personal way, but I also wanted to do it in a studious way. I wanted to study how she does it. She tells me she's got 12 decks. She's only traveling with four right now. And I was like, wow, that's, that's weird because I just got like four decks now. And I only work with three of them. I just have the, the rider weight is the one I take out to, uh, to clubs and bars and stuff to work with people. Just because it's the one that people will most recognize. And I don't want to damage any of my really nice cards. Anyhow, so um, she did respond back to my email where I, I told her how you know I learned about you through Ramin. I've been following Water Baby because of you, and uh, I want to know if you'll have time to uh, do a reading while you're in town. And she did email me back, but she emailed me back, but she's like, I'm going to be doing like press and stuff. Really not going to be a lot of time to do something like that. So I was like, ah, okay, that's fine. Excited. I kept it really short. I don't want to like choose someone's time up too much. So I'm at work and uh, Miguel messages me and he says, hey, uh, Reed will meet with you. And so I'm like, oh my God, does this mean she's going to do my reading? 
and it's like I have a window of opportunity to do this between noon and five. And I'm like, uh, I'm actually scheduled to work 12 to 4. So I took off that shift 12 to 4. And me and Foxy went to get cigarettes and uh, pulled out some cash for Reed. And I also brought my new Chaotic Neutral because I know it's such a neat novel of a deck that I thought it might be impressive. I was pretty sure no one's ever seen anything like this Chaotic Neutral stuff, man. It's... I'll talk more about Chaotic Neutral as we go. Um, so, we get there. I bring Foxy. I've taken Foxy to the uh, Bad Axe before, and they're dog-friendly. Um, I plan to keep, I keep her there all day, but I don't want to keep her there during the show because I've taken her to a mic before, and she started barking at the end, and it just kind of became a distraction. I like to say that she's a heckler, and that's why I can't take her with me. But, um... Reed was getting her hair done, so um, I just, like, Star was actually doing her hair. And so I just we just kind of, like, chewed the fat for a little bit. I'm trying to remember, and I, I talked, uh, I mentioned that before it was over, I showed her the deck, and she actually, I watched her take a picture of the tower card, because it's, it's a picture of the falling man, the famous image of a man falling on 9-11 from the tower. That is the picture on the tower card. It's fucking iconic. Um trying to think of what uh we talked about the only thing that's really standing out to me is my question to her about 2012 because i'm working on a science fiction novel and in my science fiction novel 2012 is an inspiration for the the past timeline and when she's talked about 2012 in previous podcast episodes, she's talked about it being like one of the big awakenings. She says we're currently in one right now when she describes it. It's like, oh, fuck. It sounds like it makes so much sense to me because I feel like the changes I was going through and, and around 2012 are almost parallel to changes that I'm going through now. Uh, self-actualization and whatnot. But um, another thing that we talked about was... Um, her, I just, I just listened to her last podcast that she had with Ryan Singer, who's a super weird guy. I couldn't find him on Twitter or Instagram. And did she, t- she did tell me the name of the podcast that he does. I can't remember what it's called. Um, the one thing that I told her, it was like the first thing I said to her. It's like you know, the scariest thing about what he said about the, uh, like the Sasquatches and stuff, is this idea of how they communicate through knocking on the trees and stuff so it just kind of makes you kind of like makes it feel a little bit spooky if you're in the woods and you hear knocking and shit you're like what man they, he, he had such an interesting take on this sasquatch stuff talking about how they could potentially be some type of protectors of humanity and how they guard certain type of portals to extra dimensions she she's talked about extra okay that was another hiccup I'm going to figure out, I'm not going to figure it out. I'm going to have to do a full reset, which is going to mean I'm going to have to install all my software again, which is going to take like fucking 12 hours. That's why I really don't want to do it. It has a lot of work to get everything up and operational just because I have so much software. Anyhow, um, we were talking about Sasquatch. Oh, and her extra dimensional beans. And she has this alien school thing. And I'm not so familiar with it. I know that she had a, a an NED or, or NDE, near-death experience. And as a result of that, she's been in communication with extra-dimensional beings who have 
benefited her. And so, I don't know much more about that. So I still have more to learn from her. But her, uh, her, so, okay, where are we going with the show? Okay, yeah, so we're going to talk about the show now. Mikey Mike, on the mic, host. He goes up. Second time I'm seeing the guy. Did better than the first time. He was on fire. Miguel goes up. Now, a lot of times, I'll, like, ditch out when Miguel goes on. Just because he's not really a kind of guy that works out new material. He'll stay with the old material. And even if it doesn't feel like it's working, like, he'll laugh at it. And it's like, no one else is laughing but him. And I was like, okay, guy. <laughs> I don't know. It feels like there's a little lack of self-awareness in that character. But I still, you know, bless his heart, he fucking was on fire that night and he fucking killed. I was impressed. I was like, you fucking do it, you fucking do. Fucking kill. Kill. Why do we say kill? Why do we say crush? I've wanted to, I've done a joke. Not, not to its fullest capacity, but the conflating, uh, crushing an audience as a, like a, a masculine kind of performative thing on stage as a comedian and crushing on an audience and a sense of like just uh, becoming infatuated with the audience falling in love with the audience and I want to conflate those and have an interesting joke about that anyhow that was sidetrack um Reed goes on and apparently she did 80 minutes but man was yeah she lit my brain on fire dude it was hilarious I was bawling dude I was bawling so much stuff. I can't wait for her special to come out. I think it's going to be called Mostly Dead Birds. Keep that on the hush. Okay? But it was so fucking badass. I was like, wow. We got like fucking pro-level comedy show here in Lubbock. And like it was so up my fucking alley, man. I just, I felt like um, it was a little present for me. I was really happy and excited that something like that was able to happen. After the show, I stuck around. I bought a t-shirt. Check this out, man. Ramin Nazer is the guy who did the artwork for her t-shirt. It's got the owl because, you know, she's got that story about her and the owl. <laughs> Anyhow, and that's on the that's on the shirt. But he did the artwork for her t-shirt, too. Ramin Nazer, I feel like since he's moved to L.A., he, like, does less comedy and more artwork for podcasts, podcasts uh, and artwork for albums artwork for t-shirts and just just he's more of an artist now which is unfortunate because he does have an album that he did before he moved to austin and that album is good he's a great joke teller he's a smart interesting creative person an inspiring young man like him very much and i am going to uh, save up some money because he is one of the people i would like to contact in regards to, i've already contacted him about doing artwork for my podcast before I started this podcast, I initially had an idea of the podcast. I was going to call it the Demon Outreach Program. Because, like, right before I started getting into comedy and some of my early material, um, I was researching so much into demonology and hell and stuff just for fun, just because I think that stuff is interesting and shit. And that was before I even became a member of the Temple of Satan. It was just more of like a fun, creative thing. And, um,. But I had an idea of doing like a podcast that was going to be the Demon Outreach Program. And essentially it was going to be like, you know, I would have guests on that podcast. And we would basically just talk about like terrible things in our lives and in ourselves. And uh, by way of 
by way of doing that, transmuting, transmutating your your demons into angels is kind of like the the idea of that podcast. But uh, I put that idea away because it sounds harder to do. This is a lot easier to do because I could just force myself to do it and put it out and it's done. Maybe now that I'm kind of getting my legs with this thing, maybe in the future we can think about maybe a demon outreach program. But right now, layman's terms, that's that's what's working for me now. That's at least keeping me productive, which is of the utmost importance. Where are we at? Okay, um, I bought her t-shirt and I talked to Mikey Mike on the mic for a while. Rishab was trying to tell people about this podcast and I'm like, no, <laughs> it's not necessarily that it's a secret. It's just it's not at the quality level or at least the previous episodes. I'm trying harder this episode, but the previous episodes have not been at the quality level where I would want them to be kind of like shared with people I don't really know. I just only I only really wanted people I know to check it out. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, <laughs> Rishab, he's a great kid. So after okay. Before we even leave there. So we sit in the back and... Oh, dude. Okay. So we're at Bad Axe. Before I brought Foxy back home, um, I'm hanging out. And uh, one of the guys... One of the owners is this guy named Sage. And he is a... By trade, a, a jeweler. And as a result of this, he has like a few boxes just in the front of all these various different rocks. And, you know, for, for his jewelry and stuff. And... He just let me look at them, and man, I love rocks. It's beautiful. I love earth sciences. I love. I think to me, when I look at earth sciences, when I look at rocks like stuff like that, to me, it's the art of God. And I mean, and to say that, it's like really, what is not the art of God? But when you think about the amount of time, geological time, we put that into the picture that it takes to make stuff. It's like I don't know. It just makes my mart- my mortality feel that much more vital to me, you know? It's one of the reasons why I appreciate that. Not to mention, it's, like, beautiful to look at some of these rocks. Colors and shades and all sorts of, uh... I don't even know how I would describe it. Iridescentness and then translucentness. You can see different stuff. Sage is a rad fucking dude. Um, so is the other owner. Uh, I want to say his name's John. Was it Blackson? Something like that. Both of those guys are fucking sweetheart, man. Love those guys. We talked about, um, because the show was, like, better than I expected. They didn't have to fucking kill themselves because they went under so bad. It was okay. And so they're really excited, and we're talking about, like, wanting to move forward and continue to do big, cool shows at Bad X Raider. So that's why I'm, like, talking to Andre Ricks, because I know he wants to do something. And I know Jake Flores just got this mega bus thing, so he's going to be back on tour again soon. And instead of going to Amarillo, or if he goes to Amarillo, too, I still think he should do a show over here and love it. Do it the fucking Bad X. So once he gets an idea of what he wants to do that, same thing with Ricks. We'll just you know, promote it appropriately and have a great show and really just try to have a have another venue for comedy we're talking about maybe doing an open mic at at a at bad axe too you know so we'll just have like because i wish we had more mics you know because like if i do do good tuesday i'll do bad wednesday and then i've got to like wait a whole week before i get another chance to like redeem myself and like uh, it's frustrating 
Every night that week, though, Tuesday and Wednesday, after each of the mics, I've wanted to come home and record a podcast because I'm just like, so much stuff happens and I want to kind of get it off my chest. Because I know by the time I get to this podcast on, on Sunday, I will have forgotten stuff. And I do regret that I didn't do that, even if I were to just like tag them on at the end and add them to the podcast, you know. <clears throat> but um, this one's getting longer, so... Oh, this is so far. This is like the longest. Sorry, guys, but we're getting through it. All right, so, okay, we shoot the shit. We talk about future of bad acts. And then uh, Rishab and I are, he needs a ride home, him and his friend Marcelo. So we take Marcelo home, and Rishab is like, hey, uh, let's go find some women. I'm like, all right, dude, let's do it. Or, you know, the main idea was to go find Harper. Because, like, where were all these other people? Our local comics. It felt like the whole Laugh Hub community, for the most part, was absent for this Jessa Reed show, which was a shame for them because it was such a badass show. I know Selena was in Dallas, and I heard JJ showed up. He was somewhere lurking in the crowd. And... uh but yeah, a lot of the other people I know, Aaron Durbin was there. He's a fucking badass dude. But um, yeah, there's a lot of other comedians that just weren't present. Rivera had posted about having an after-party show. And I was like, hey, man, why weren't you at the actual show? <laughs> Missed out. Um, anyhow, so Reshop, first, play first place we go to to find Harper is um, local. We go to local, can't even get in with Rashad because he's 19. <laughs> he can't show ID to get him in the bar. But I asked the guy working the, the door, I'm like, hey, is Harper even working here? That's who we're looking for. And he's like, no. So I'm like, okay, well, let's go check and see if he's working at Bar PM. Bar PM's a little bit more lax. We get in there, and uh, Harper is definitely working. Now it's here at Bar PM where I... Uh, start practicing a little bit of my bobcat golf weight just because it's so loud and i want to get harper's attention so i start using my bobcat voice i've been working on and uh people within earshot are made nervous by it because it's a screaming voice and uh i think it tickled harper though so that was pretty good but we weren't just there for that um because, like, yeah, um, Rishab is interested in women. So we went into the dance room. I love to dance. So I was like, all right, we're going to do this. My legs are still sore today from dancing Friday night. I fucking... I can jump in place. That's one of the easiest things to do is just jump in a place. You find the beat, and then you kind of just play with it from there, you know? But just that jumping in place, that gets your cardio going. And, that, and if my legs... Have, if I haven't been really, like, doing a lot of, like, leg work, man, I'll, I'll be feeling my legs for real. But we danced, man, and that was fun as hell. I feel I was, I feel I look good. I think I like the way I look. I feel like I look cool. I love me, but uh, definitely not for everybody. And you can see that in the way people look at me. But I did have some people uh, really into my vibe, I guess, because I was like really dancing and having fun. There was a, they played the night the Roxbury song, and then like me and a few other strange guys just all started doing the Roxbury headbanging, you know, to the side or whatever, bust about to bust a window or whatever. <laughs> it was fun. Um, Rashab and I left there. I dropped Rashab at his house. It's already so fucking late. But Rivera commented his address in his post when he was like, "Hey, come over for an after party." So I fucking Google map it to his place. I uh, show up there. When I show up, I peek through the window, and everybody that is within eye shot, uh, 
does not recognize me and I don't recognize them. They are new people. So for an instance, I'm like, is this the wrong house? But I recognize the interior, so I know it's not the wrong house. But these people are made nervous because they're like, what is this freaky ass dude doing outside? They eventually let me in. I meet a bunch of new people, shoot the shit. Rivera's already really tired by this point. I get myself a water and I talk with Feldman. That was a good talk. Uh, Feldman ended up uh, recounting the story of what had led to my arrest in January. And it's so shameful to hear it, hear it back and stuff. I'm really glad that I'm different now. That was a bad night for me the night I got arrested because like I guess I was fighting with Laura and that's why I went out to the bar already blacked out. And uh, yeah, that Coleman comes out. So uh, it's hard having to listen to it, but it's probably good to just uh, put myself in check, understand that, you know, people may still have reservations about me but uh i think he has a friend named whitney who commented on my art bar set and said it was scary something to that tune and that wasn't for her but she liked my uh lantern set and said that it shows improvement and i'm like huh interesting because i felt like art bar was me like on fire and electric and then like lantern was like maybe less so you know, um, who else did we meet there? We met some interesting people. Um, I finally learned Tabitha's name. I think that's Feldman's girlfriend. I've seen her plenty of times around and stuff, but I don't think I've ever known her by name. So it's finally good to put a name to her. Um, who else do we talk to? I'm closing my eyes trying to remember. There's a young man named Garrett. Don't know his last name. And a young man named Jason Hazen, who I ended up talking to quite a bit and we're gonna have to talk about some of the things I talked about with Jason Hazen and then there was another young lady named Kelsey and I think that's there's another young man who showed up right as I was leaving I got his name once but we did not talk really at all so the name didn't stick that'll happen naturally it was late for crying out loud but Jason uh, he was so kind in the sense that he showed interest and stuff so Number one, I'm telling them about uh, the band I'm in. So I, uh, I'm an engineer for a rock and roll band called iChart Exams. They call themselves Exams. And uh, I'm behind schedule on the mix for the single. It's coming around. I was listening to the mix today, and it's getting there. Uh, once it's to a place where it sounds, sounds good to me, then I'm going to send it to my old studio partner, Magnuson, have him review it, see if he can critique it, help me make it better, and then once the mix is good, then we'll have a single. And I'm really excited about the single because it's an old dead song to me, but it's so much better than the album we did six years ago. So I'm just really, really excited to put a fresh face to my band. And um, what else? Oh, also doing a music video for it. Um, if I can't get anybody I know to help me up with a, help, help me find a crew to do the music video that I'm going to post in the subreddit for Lubbock and then maybe just see if I can try to find film crew through the university. I'll pay them appropriately, but I have the idea for the video. I think I've talked about maybe on the previous podcast, but the idea for the video is going to be performance, wardrobe changes involved with all the different members of the band. And, uh, and it's going to be done at Graffiti Park. 
various locations within a graffiti, graffiti park. And somehow, as far as the story goes, I want there to be, or even just the aesthetic, I want it to have like a Blair Witch vibe. I think that would, number one, make it easy on budget. Number two, make it a cool video. So, and I think, you know, the single combined with the video should help me um, feel good just about being productive with the band. We're also supposed to be uh, putting out an album by my birthday. And uh, there's, there's a lot of material that is not finished. So I have a lot of work to do. I have a lot of work to do. It's frustrating and daunting because I end up having to do everything all by myself and whatever. Uh, something else I talked to Jason about is um, my efforts in fiction. So I told him about my Pelican Brief, right? I'm calling it Pelican Brief right now just because it's um, as, a, as a way to fill in the blanks. I'm imagining Julia Roberts as the star and Denzel Washington will be a helping character. The concept of the book, of the story rather, is um, there's a woman who works in the department for a platform like iTunes or Spotify. In the department she works for, she has to review podcasts before they can be uh, submitted and, and uh, are rather approved for the platform. While she's doing this, she discovers what she believes to be a snuff podcast. Like it sounds like legit someone's getting killed. And she brings it up to her boss and it's dismissed. She goes down the rabbit hole. It's, there's going to be some type of weird occult snuff podcast shit. So that's the idea for my murder mystery. Not a whole lot to that one, but that was just kind of like a spur of the moment idea that came while I was trying to put podcasts together in general. I was like, oh, how about that for an idea for a story? Okay. Now the other story, now this is the big one for me. Because this is also going to be like a veiled memoir of sorts. So in this story, there's going to be a world, or Earth, whatever you want to call it, and but there's essentially two timelines. Now there will be a modern day timeline, which will be like today, or a lot of the stuff is going to be filled in from 2012. But in this timeline, there will be a character protagonist who basically is me in 2012. But the thing is, all the people in 2012, all the people that exist on this timeline, will be dinosaur people, dino folk, as, I, as I've written them out. And uh, they'll all look like dinosaur people and stuff. And what's going to be... Now, the antagonist in this timeline is essentially going to be, like, climate deniers. And... Because um, in this timeline, I want to incorporate what's going on now with what's popular with... Uh, climate change and how that's all in the news now i have that be there but i want to tie that in with the mayan calendar ending in 2012 and that kind of looming sense of dread and uh, and then also tie in the extinction event of the dinosaurs so all that's going to happen in the 2012 timeline also in that timeline i'm just going to fill in the holes with like real things that happen and then just play around make it a real fiction you know and then, so, and then in our parallel timeline, it'll be basically me in present day. Uh, but in this timeline, uh, the protagonist will be female. And instead of there being um, dinosaur people, they'll be bird people. So we're playing around with this idea of evolution, right? And uh, 
Now, here's the thing. Even though it's 2019, in this timeline, I want it to be like post-singularity. So like the richest people can afford to use nanotechnology, nanobiotechnology to essentially keep themselves and alive, keep their bodies alive and optimize their bodies to all sorts of degrees that I haven't yet imagined. And beyond that, there's even a richer class of people who are able to afford having the consciousness, having their consciousness subtracted and installed online, where once it's online, it's so much more than what they do with the nanobio stuff. Like, because dimethyltryptamine is a part of it, in the sense, like, so check it out. Here's the problem. With these uh, people, the, the, these villains in the future timeline, they're the ones that have been in there the longest. They feel like there's something still missing from the experience, despite like it's like they're the limits are only their imagination while they're online and immortal. Um, there's still something missing from their experience, and they don't know what it is. So what they're doing is they're funding these kind of uh, scientific studies that involve the murder of of bird people is what they what they're doing is literally cracking skulls open and studying that very moment that dimethyltryptamine is allegedly uh leaked out and creates your fucking other world experience so they're studying that and as a result of that they're killing them okay now here's where our interesting conflict comes in between these two timelines there's going to be an accident where probably bird girl which i'm which i'm calling rika so far her name's rika she's going to be like driving her truck and then uh the bird boy who i don't know if i figured out what or the dino boy i haven't figured out his name yet derek or whatever he um he's drunk and he's on his bicycle and he gets ran over by a truck in his timeline. Like, they happen in their own timelines, but they happen at the same time. And he gets hit by the truck. And when she hits this, in her timeline, she hits someone with her truck. And then it causes her to get into an even bigger accident. And as a result of this, somehow they're going to swap timelines. That's what I'm thinking so far, because I want them to swap timelines. Once there's, you know, do like a Freaky Friday thing. Once Rika is in the past, her purpose will be to save people. You know, she'll have to have like a hero arc because she will know that this climate change, this Mayan 2012, all of this is moot to the fact that um, the real extinction, ex extinction event that comes and wipes out all the dinosaurs. So she will ultimately have to convince people so that she can save them so that they inevitably have bird people. She's So that's that idea. And then, then in the future timeline, it's a little bit harder for me to understand what I want to happen. But somehow, a near-death experience that Derek had had is going to give him an insight that the, uh, the Borgies, occultish, death folk people uh, want because, I don't know, I gotta figure it out. 
but essentially he's going to have to take a small group of people and they're actually going to transcend the physical form somehow probably through the use of psychedelics etc somehow but that's the idea a lot of cool playing around with death and uh timelines and stuff like that i like the idea of playing around with gender and evolution climate change and really just be this being kind of like a creative way for me to uh do a memoir you know write out some stories about terrible things that have happened to me or interesting things that have happened to me etc i'm glad i got that off my chest I feel like I've talked about it on the show before, but I really wanted to go into it into as much detail as I went with it over with uh, Jason Hazen. Because when I was when I was talking to Jason, I felt weird in the sense that like everything I was saying was like exactly right. And I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of becoming more and more myself in a way that I've always wanted to be. So that's kind of cool. All right. So after that, uh, after okay. So oh, also one thing. Rivera has a big ass fucking turtle. He's got a little turtle. But he's got a big ass fucking turtle too. You guys, that thing you can pet that thing. Uh, Whitney said something about like you can uh, paint it, and I was like, oh my gosh, that would be fucking adorable. Okay. Uh, anyhow, everyone's getting tired. I bail, and I get home, and in while I'm laying in bed, I'm thinking about the whole night about everything that happened and I have voices in my head talking to me about um, what we're going to do for this podcast we had ideas about doing multiple layers of myself like talking to myself the other members in the band and stuff like that maybe another time I'm not going to do that it's too much effort the show's too long already as it is so but yeah I do, I do have that idea I like this idea of like talking to myself and, and having these disembodied characters and stuff it's not like I said on Twitter I was like it's nice to meet new people right okay so that's Friday um, Saturday the first thing I have written for October 9th is the word vol cell now that is a this is like the um, counterpoint to incel Whereas there's involuntary celibacy, voluntary celibacy, or like how most people call it, just fucking celibacy. Well, I've been interested in it because I feel like a lot in my life, at least prior to my sobriety, I feel like lust has always been kind of one of those demons that kind of really had its hands on my back, you know, or in my brain. And it really kind of controlled me, and I was just like... I've always felt like I was masturbating too much, thinking too much about masturbation or sex, and just lust in general just kind of like overruled my mind, and to the point where I felt like it in inhibited my creative modes. Um, so I feel like sobriety's really helped out with that. I was telling that to my sister, and she's like, "Nah, dude, you're just getting old." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh shit." Okay, well, either way, not being horny all the time is kind of nice, so that's good. But that's also, you know, because for me as a person, sex and love kind of go hand in hand together. It's hard for me to separate the two. So um, it's kind of um, nice not to have that type of occupation in the mind. So I've been thinking a lot about celibacy. However, I bring this up, and the reason it's written on the damn notes right now is because celibacy is uh, apparently was used by the Nazis as a way to like you know you know 
kind of control people, you know, because uh, the practice of apparently they would they would say they say that it's supposed to make you you know stronger and resolve your testosterone is better, but apparently they were doing this on they were talking about this on Comedy Central, but um, they're saying that like um, celibacy. Or rather, the lack of celibacy, like masturbating, orgasms are like super good for your brain, right? And they um, they increase testosterone production for in males. And now I don't know if this is true, but apparently there's a study that says that watching pornography makes males more empathetic with females. I'm not sure how I feel about that because it feels like porn is like an objectifying kind of thing, you know. You end up like taking a real person out of it, you know. But I don't know. I could be wrong about that. But I just thought it was an interesting thing to consider. Um, I have a new joke. Um, so you guys know how um, orgasms are like good for your brain and everything, right? Like the French, they call it the little death. It makes you kind of wonder, you know, what the big one's gonna be like. Got me over here, like horny for death and shit I'm like fuck yeah bring on that big one I'm ready for it hell yeah I don't know I like the idea of it need to play with it that's like a brand new fucking joke I got I got that joke Tuesday night we were talking about I don't remember if we were talking I think we were talking about death and immortality at Covington's house and that hello yeah another fucking hiccup okay that's where I got the idea for that joke uh Okay, after that, there's the tarot coincidence. So for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I got the magician showing up in all, in all my daily spreads. I put a post about it online, and I thought it was real interesting. Daniel Brazel commented, I love that guy so much. He's so intelligent, but he's so married and so has a child, at least one I know of. We don't talk as much as we used to. He used to be my best friend for a very, very good long time. We were very, like, we were best friends. But, uh, yeah, we're definitely a dude who's way smarter, way more talented than I am. Someone who I've always kind of looked up to. About six months older than me. Shares a birthday with Dennis Warren, who um, was the singer of my, my first band, Nonity. And those two guys both share a birthday with my father. All kind of like a weird coincidence. Those two characters sharing the birthday with my father, my biological father. Kind of weird coincidence. Anyhow, Brazzle was kind of like making me question things and in a way that he does and so I, I'm always real appreciative of that but the coincidence it's one thing that's fun about tarot because there's coincidence and placebo in play I feel and I think playing with those things is just something fun it's better than uh, succumbing to boredom or sloth or depression so that's what that is. Now, check this out. So, the AKA, I might have to. Yeah, it's called the AKA. Hold on. The AKA Gallery. It's the Boulder Creative Collective. It's that this place where the uh, creator of the chaotic neutral tarot is. And they have an art exhibit in this. Uh, in this place that has all of the chaotic neutral stuff on display and these cards where they're your regular you know tarot size cards at this exhibit the cards are giant like paintings it's so fucking cool um 
high on mushrooms, I sent a direct message because I, I had a question earlier in the week because I got this uh, thing was like maybe the eight of cigarettes I got and I was like I couldn't understand what the card was about. It had some text and it had some stuff that I just didn't understand. So I, I messaged the creator and I was like, you know, I read the website. I know that you don't give out meanings for cards because it's tarot. It's supposed to be intuitive. You don't want to fucking spell it out for somebody. So, but I was asking, I was like, I, I'm not really sure about this one. It's like, is it supposed to be insanity? And uh, the creator is like, it's about communication. Uh, what these are called, they're the. Uh, I'm actually going to go to my DMs real quick just so I can tell you guys what it's called because it's actually there's actually a documentary about it. Hold on. Where is she at? Chaotic neutral. Okay, so it's about communication. What you'll want to do is Google Toynbee Tiles. And that's spelled T-O-Y-N-B-E-E Tiles. There's a really good documentary about them on Vimeo called Resurrect the Dead. I have not yet watched it. I watched the trailer for it, but it was so short and still all I come to understand is that there are these random tiles inside the streets and sidewalks of different cities in the northeast of the United States that are mysterious. People don't know their origin or their significance, and I think that's what the documentary is about. Fucking weird shit. I don't know. Um actually responded to one of her posts I told her that the uh, or him I don't know why I assume gender forgive me but um I told the creator that the deck is so beautiful I really love it I feel connected with it so personal and still so curious about it and the creator wrote me back a thank you and then they screenshotted our DMs and shared it as a story and uh in theirs and they talked they said that I I like made their fucking day or something like that and I was like oh that felt really good to like give that away make someone feel good it feels good to make people feel good you know what I'm saying okay so where are we at oh we talked about the shattered hands okay so I made a post on Facebook and I was like I am A the shattered right hand or B the shattered left hand now this is a play on the orphan twin off the new All Hail album but like I do with a lot of stuff that I steal I kind of make it my own and I kind of remix it right for me this was like kind of a personal expression just kind of like how I feel about my love life in a sense because on one hand um, things are not gonna work out with Laura we are officially non-communication excommunicato and it's probably for the best it's better for me and if it's better for her yeah man she gave me so much fucking hell just stress and I really tried to do things to show that I loved her you know I tried to show and it wasn't enough she felt like I didn't and she felt like I was leaving her behind doing some of this comedy stuff and doing things and stuff like that and she felt neglected and that's why she uh, reacted the way that she had and then the left hand thing that was just because I had a crush on Covington and I was like oh fuck and she's all fucking happy I'm happy for her I'm like fucking hey do your thing let's let's make some music and let's go do comedy or whatever but 
yeah, it's good. It's, it's good for me not to have any fucking love interests. I need to just kind of focus more on myself. And I've always, I've always had girlfriends or romantic partners or something to that extent. And I really think right now, more than ever, I probably need to just kind of not. Especially with all this work I have to do. I've got like literature to write. I've got albums and music and stuff. And you know, I messaged Star because she was complaining on Facebook about like not being productive. And I was like, Do you want to write a song? Do you want to record a song? Do you need some help? I don't know if I would, uh, as an engineer or even as a producer, I'm not sure where she is. She didn't respond to me. She, admittedly so, you know, she calls herself a bitch. And I think she's kind of on the money with that. But I love her still. And I'm really happy for her and Kara Salas. Because Kara Salas, man, that guy is so funny. He's gotten so funny. Really impressed with his uh, material these days and how well he is as a comedian. Um, piss drinking. I wrote piss drinking down because uh, I was thinking about like how um, everyone's sharing Jessa Reed's piss drinking story. And I, it reminded me like all my piss drinking stories are pretty lame in comparison. Only all my piss drinking stories are just me like being drunk and dumb and trying to fucking freak out the straights. You know what I'm saying? I do have quite a bit of piss drinking stories though. But it's neither here nor there. Um, was uh like i said i was not me and um laura were uh she wanted me to go get more drugs for her some more shrooms and i was like no i'm just gonna buy all of the rest that he has all seven grams for myself and i'm gonna put myself through something because i think it'll be good and cathartic for myself when i go to get them though unfortunately he had misjudged the amount that he had so i got what like maybe an eighth or four grams maybe and then the rest of the money I brought for him, I was like, well, what else you got? And he was like, I got cocaine. And I, like, I've say, like I tell people, man, I'm not, I've always considered myself a miss me with that dummy dust kind of guy. You know what I mean? Not a cocaine guy. But I was like, oh, whatever. Kind of feeling, feeling a bit on edge, what with everything that's been going on and stuff in my personal life. So I was like, whatever. I'll take it too. Last of my money. I got like five bucks in the bank right now. I'll get paid in five days, and then I'll have to make that stretch because I've been missing some work, so next paycheck will will not be like one of those really nice paychecks. Where are we going with this? There's more to go. Okay, yeah, so I came home, and we, uh, I did the mushrooms, and all I did for my experience was go to my bed, put in some headphones in the dark, and just lay there enjoy the body high and follow my mind and just uh, enjoy the ride of a of the train of thought as it were once that was over i was like there's no way i'm going to be doing any of this cocaine right now so um but foxy did wake me up with nightmares i'm sitting there laying and i'm like near the end of my trip with my eyes shut just listening to music and uh she's like legitimately having a nightmare like, it startled me. I was like, what the fuck is going on with her? And she was having a nightmare. I have no idea what dogs have nightmares about. Poor girl. Where is she now? Oh, she's sleeping in her bed. I love that thing. Okay. Um, after her nightmare, I came over here again on Facebook talk about something. And uh, while I'm doing that, she's over at the front door. And she starts growling. And then she starts barking. And it's like, what, 3 o'clock in the morning? I'm like, what the fuck? I go and flick the light on and off in the front yard or whatever, and I look out there, I don't see anything. 
but I made a post about that. I was like, man, either there's some creepy shit going on around here, or Foxy's losing her damn mind. Alright, so that's Saturday. We're almost done here, guys. Sunday, um, yeah, basically, yeah, I let, what, as I was coming down, I also went and listened to some of my old podcasts I've recorded, and I was frustrated with their content. And I was like, I need to put more forth of an effort to be entertaining. So, and I know I was trying to do so with the extra noises and stuff, but I think this time, having the notes put out here like this, and really kind of being open about everything is I think what's going to make this like the best podcast I've recorded thus far. Um, here's a funny thing. So they swapped faces of the Disney characters, male to female, from protagonist to villain. And when you do that with uh, Belle and Gaston of Beauty and the Beast, it makes Gaston look like a, my ex-fiance. <laughs> so I kind of like said that. I thought it was funny. Uh, first orgasm is a song by the Dressing Dolls. Because now that I've got a, now that I have a Father John Missy song under my belt, I want to get myself an Amanda Palmer song. Now I've always had Good Day as the song that I do by Amanda Palmer, the Dressing Dolls. But I'm considering doing another one. And this morning I was thinking, first orgasm, that could be a good one. It's got a few lines in there that I'm really particularly resonating with now, just about me being single and. Uh, how that's not necessarily the easiest thing, but is probably the best thing. Pearson, Justin Pearson, of The Locust, of All Leather, All Leather being my personal favorite of those outlets, uh, he um, he posted on Instagram that he's over at the uh, Satanic Temple in Salem, and uh, he's promoting, you know, egalitarianism, a separation of church and state, equal rights, and I was like, fuck yeah, Pearson's like straight edge, fucking punk rock, vegan, all that shit, man, and uh, he's a real, real fucking live one, man, uh, spirit in the room, yeah, they're fucking cool, love Dennis, Nonity, I wrote Nonity down because I, um, I went and I had to find some of our old, our old album, and then uh, found a YouTube video, shared the YouTube video. I want people to hear like some of the different things I've done in my past to maybe have as like a frame of reference for what I'm doing now. Like I've already shared like Exam's last album we did six years ago, and then I shared that video which is like from three years ago, where we had a reunion. It was like a 13-year reunion show, and I shared that video. And I will eventually share the album that we recorded in 2006. There's 14 songs in there we recorded with David Zychek at Large Mouth Recording Studios. And David Zychek is actually a Night Ranger fame. He's a guitar player for a band from the 80s or whatever. Um, and, that's, and that's it. That's where we come to. After I finished uh, work and before I started this podcast, Foxy and I went on the walk. We hit the to university and back. And... Uh, Oh, I have neighbors that just moved into the big house. There's a woman named Sonia who has a daughter named Bella. And there's a son who I haven't met yet, but they said that he'll probably like me too. And they are really nice people. So it's cool to have some new neighbors that are really cool. Um, okay, so now that we're almost near to the end of this, there's a couple things we have to touch on. Uh, on Halloween, um, I shared some stuff from this artist who goes by Direct Currents. He's a comedian called DC Irvin. And he's got this YouTube shit where he's like being like a guru or whatever. And it's like hilarious. <laughs> you have to check it out. 
Another thing that I mentioned before on the podcast but I haven't yet addressed, October 29th, from on my 10 to 12, 10 a.m. to noon break, I did go to Escape Your Body here in Lubbock and did my 60 minutes inside the sensory deprivation tank. Fucking cool. They offered me a deal to where if I book another appointment now, or at least by last Friday, they'd give me a third appointment for free. And I really wanted to do that, but I ended up getting this tattoo. Now that I have this tattoo, I'll need to have it to heal before I can do that. I actually have more tattoos I'm wanting to get. But Escape Your Body is definitely a place you should check out if you're here in town and you're interested in sensory deprivation tanks. What's what's? I was really excited about it because of all of the salt. Because I know the salt is going to be good for sore muscles. But um, it's very relaxing. And... They say that it's supposed to be for stilling the mind and calming, but what I enjoyed about it for me was like uh, while I was in there, uh, just following my train of thought and just uh, enjoying that ride for an hour. No sound. You got earplugs in, which is which kind of adds to the uh, to the experience as well. They have these cool earplugs and stuff. Okay. So now we're at the end of the show, guys. So we're going to talk plugs. So Art Bar is going to be Tuesday. And that is everybody's favorite place to play. So if you're here in town, come out, see the open micers, work it out. Lantern, same deal. More people usually go to the Lantern because it's our longest running open mic here in Lubbock. So if you don't get Art Bar, go to Lantern. Or if you go to Art Bar, go to Lantern. See what it sounds like different. See if you can see who's growing, who's changing, who's, who's, uh, who's not. And then uh, Friday, we're going to have our laugh off. Viegas is going to be in town for that. Okay, there's another thing. It reminds me that um, I want to organize a road trip for some of us Lubbock people to go hit up their open mics in Amarillo. But I'm thinking if I can't get anybody to really join me, part of me is thinking I might just do this by myself. And just go up to Amarillo and hit up one of their open mics just to exercise my material and maybe meet some new people. Um, and then later on this month, November 23rd. So November 20th is when I think I'm going to be going to Amarillo to do a show there. They have an open mic. I've been talking to Potter about it. So that's why I'm, I'm excited about that. Because Amarillo is two hours away. And just stretching your legs as a comic, you know. And playing different rooms in different cities. It's, it's good for you. It hopefully will help me grow faster. Which is what I'm trying to do. Uh, Growler, like I said, is going to be on the 23rd, and that's going to be a very, very good show. They have a comedian who I've not yet seen, but apparently he's like a veteran here. He's uh, by the name of Corey Evans. So those are the shows we got going on this month that I know of so far. The regular Tuesdays and Wednesdays, we got a laugh off this Friday. Then later at the end of the month, we got the Growler. I'll probably be talking about that next week. We're at the end of the show, guys. So it is almost a fucking 90-minute episode. So we're probably not going to throw any audio bet on this. I might throw an audio bet on it just for continuity. But um, thanks for coming out and checking out the podcast. I hope to continue to make this interesting. This may be a one-off where it's 90 minutes long, but um, 86, what have you. But uh, for sure, hit me up, you guys. I do love you. (laughs) 